foodies welcome to the breaking bread podcast the foodie podcast presented by food obsessed mates liam that's me and carl that's me join us as we aim to peel back the curtain and give food lovers like us a real insight into what makes the hospitality industry so fantastic our fortnightly episodes will bring interviews with people from all over the industry and liam and i will discuss everything food related from reviewing places we've ate to to chatting about recipes we're experimenting with at home we hope you enjoy listening to our chats as much as we re- enjoy recording them. Hello and welcome. This is episode 11. Hope you're all are well. We've been busy eating as per usual. I'm actually recording this the morning after visiting the first Harborne night market of the year. It's a cool little market they have going on down there in Harborne, just in the car park of the Green Man. Have some live bands, uh, some little market stalls, some good street food. Yeah, it was a really good atmosphere. I'm glad I went, actually. Got to try a little urban barbecue for the first time. I had three of the meatiest ribs I've ever seen in my life. They were in a nice little homemade barbecue sauce. They did some pickles and some homemade coleslaw. And then on top of that, some of the most dangerously addictive candied jalapenos ever. I mean... I'm so glad I don't have a jar of them because I demolished a lot. The ribs were just unreal. After this, got myself down to Patty Freaks. Had the sweet freak. It's right up my street, that is. Right up my street. Nice juicy burger, caramel waffle, maple syrup, chili jam, bacon, cheese. All in a nice brioche bun. Oh, it was perfect. Really good. And then to finish the night off, went with our old friends from the Brownie Bus. Good to see Ali again. Treat myself to the Biscoffy one. Oh, it was good. Nice little blandy brownie, biscoff cookie and uh, homemade ice cream on the side. Everything he makes is all from scratch. The cookie, the ice cream, the brownie, it's all brilliant. All brilliant. All in all, it was a really good night. I think it's a monthly event. I'm pretty sure that I'd have to check. If you do get the chance, definitely worth checking it out. Really nice vibe. On to today's episode, I had a lovely chat with Meninda. She's the head chocolatier from the family run The Chocolate Quarter and The Jewelry Quarter. They make uh, handmade chocolates. They're actually doing Easter eggs now, popping candy Easter egg. You might have seen it in the Birmingham Mail. Uh, they do chocolate experiences from bean to bar. If you haven't been there, they're really worth checking out. The, the chocolates are unbelievable. We had a great little chat. I think my favourite thing about the podcast, especially when we were recording, I, I love how we, we kind of meet each other and... It's all quite formal and there's handshakes and we're, how are you doing? Hi. And there's a bit of nervousness in the air. And then we sit down and we get chatting. And then the more we open up and we get talking and talking, we start laughing. And then by the end of it, we feel like we're old friends or sometimes even like in this kind of case, I felt like an old family member who'd come back to visit. It was brilliant. Such a great place. Really great people. Really, fr- Meninda was one of the friendliest people I've ever met. We greeted each other with handshakes, but we said our goodbyes with a big hug. That's the kind of episode it was. Like her passion and personality and the warmth really comes through. As you'll hear in the episode, the Chocolate Water have been approached to come into schools to teach kids all about chocolate. So they are currently crowdfunding for equipment so that they can go out and do this in the schools. I'll put all the links to this in our bio, plus the links to their social media and our social media. Introducing the Chocolate Quarters, Meninda. 
just relax, it's fine. Just pretend you're chatting to an old friend. Okay. <laughs> if I didn't have this thing, I might be able to do it. Yeah, it's, it's funny how people can talk and talk. You stick a microphone yeah. there and that's it. Because I've been chatting can... to you since you walked <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, it's, it's been not fun. stopped me doing that, has it really? I mean, <laughs> I could do that. Okay. Okay, hello foodies. Today's episode, we're with Melinda. Um, hello. Hi Liam, it's lovely to meet you. Thanks for welcoming us to the shop today. If you'd just like to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about uh, the Chocolate Quarter. Okay, I'm Meninda and um, I help, well, we run a local chocolatier here. Um, it's a family-run business where we make handmade chocolates. All the chocolates are made using real ingredients rather than using flavourings. Therefore, we make small batches and we um, only have short shelf lives. So generally, they last you three months or four months. Um, but I'm sure they'll get eaten in that time anyway. I don't think they'll last um, three or four months. <laughs> no, yeah, I've never had a customer complain that the shelf life was too short. Uh, but because we use real creams and butters, um, you get the real taste and the real flavours um, instead of getting flavouring. So if you're buying a strawberry chocolate from us, instead of getting strawberry flavoured chocolate, you're actually getting one with strawberry puree in. Yeah. So you really taste the strawberry. You'll taste the balsamic vinegar in it. Um, you know, and you won't get that funny aftertaste. Yeah, we were just talking about before we started recording. You um, yeah. had one of the coffee, one of the cappuccino chocolates. Oh, yes. Did you enjoy that? I loved it. Oh, and, But the first thing I noticed straight away is you don't get the chemical kind of taste that you get from big brand kind of chocolates that you buy in the supermarket. Yeah, unfortunately, the supermarkets have to have long shelf lives. Yeah. Um, therefore, they end up using flavourings. They don't want to put too much liquid in because as soon as you add a lot of liquid... Um, like alcohol or anything to um, to the chocolates, it reduces the shelf life, except obviously alcohol, which does extend the shelf life a little bit. Yeah. But we only use, again, the genuine alcohols in our chocolates. So again, you don't get that funny aftertaste that you get with catering alcohols that some companies use. Was there a conscious um, like effort from the beginning to say, well, we're not going to use the kind of cheap brands? Because you could just stick any old yeah, kind of vodka yeah. in it or the cheapest rum and people wouldn't know if you was what you were sticking in it so what made you set out from day one to say oh, i'm going to use the quality of a big name it was basically we went to london um i think it was my youngest son's graduation and while we were there we happened to wander around and we saw some chocolatiers and we walked in and brought some chocolates and we just bought them as oh they're just chocolates we came home and we tasted them and we noticed the difference and how nice they tasted. And then we looked around in Birmingham and there was nowhere else to buy anything like that. And that was kind of what started it. And we thought, well, you know, why isn't anybody else making real chocolates in Birmingham? I mean, we've got a massive, massive, um, you know, population, yet nobody seemed to be doing that. Yeah. Um, and it kind of started that. And then it was just almost like an experiment. We made a couple of chocolates, put them in with our sweets, because initially it was going to be the sweet quarter. We were only going to sell sweets yeah. that we were importing in and, you know, like a Mr. Sims type of shop. Um, so and then as soon as our customers came in and started tasting the chocolates, they just wanted to buy those and the sweets all disappeared and it all became about chocolate and it became the chocolate quarter. Nice. Have you always kind of been in this uh, industry, like um, hospitality and catering or anything? Not really. My husband's been in catering yeah. um, most of his life. So um, he was a manager for McDonald's at one point and things like that. So he's done a lot of that side of things. I've been more sort of on the creative side. So I've sort of done teaching. 
Um, so that comes naturally to me. That's why I enjoy our chocolate experiences so much. Yeah. I love doing those, you know, like, um, we don't even call them workshops because they're not really workshops. They're awesome experiences. They're all about learning about chocolate, getting your hands dirty, making the chocolate, and then chilling out, relaxing, enjoying lots of chocolate to eat. So it encompasses all of that our chocolate experiences do. It's kind of more about that rather than just going to a little hotel room, rolling a few truffles around and then taking, you know, 30, 40 at home with you. So we wanted to make it more about all of that. So you have a couple of experiences. One of them is the... Being to bar. That's right, yeah. We'll actually be doing one later today. We've got one booked in today. What does that involve for someone who's coming to the Okay, so that the bean to bar, it's basically we teach you a little bit about where chocolate comes from, how it's made, and then you um, use a, a pestle of mortar that's been heated up for you. We give you some chocolate, uh, some nibs, and then you see how when you grind those nibs down, it actually turns into real chocolate. And a lot of people are actually really surprised to see how... Um, you know, the solid pieces of nibs have now suddenly become runny chocolate without adding any liquid to them at all. And then that's where you learn about cocoa butter and stuff. Uh, You then shell your chocolate bar. You can add a little bit of inclusion if you want to it. And then you pack your bar and then it's finished off with a a fondue set where you get unlimited chocolate to eat. Nice. (laughs) I'm sold. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and don't forget the Prosecco that's thrown in as well. Oh, there's Prosecco too. Oh, yes. Uh, My wife will be here. (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) Um, Just how difficult is the uh, chocolate making experience? Is it tough? I wouldn't say it's tough because we like to kind of make it fun as well. Um, But because they're private ones, we do try and make them um, quite flexible and cater to our audience. So depending on who's come. So like, for example, if we get um, a group that's come from, say, Birmingham University, they may want to learn a little bit more about the theory of chocolate, a little bit about, you know, how it's made and so on a bit more. So then we'll spend longer on that part of it. Yeah. Um, Sometimes we may get a hen party that just wants to let the hair down, have a laugh. They just want to get the hands dirty, drink lots of Prosecco, and then we'll extend that part of it. So everybody does each part, but then we kind of cater to, you know, like our audiences and do it that way. Like if it's a team building exercise for a company, we'll do that. Like we're doing centerpieces with one company at the moment because they wanted to work in groups. So what they'll do is they'll produce um, a centerpiece using chocolate and they'll do it in pairs and then they'll compare to see whose groups is the best centerpiece. So by centerpiece, you mean like on the back of like the show stuff? I suppose so, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's where they got the idea from, where they asked us if we would set one up for them. Um, But yeah, the idea is, yeah, a little bit like Bake Off, where we give them um, instructions on what to do, and then they have to use those instructions to produce this centerpiece and see what they come up with. Cool. Yeah. Um, We kind of touched on the quality of the ingredients. Where do you source your... your, um, is it cacao you start with, cacao nibs? Okay, our chocolate, we actually, no, we don't start off with uh, the nibs. Um, we start off with the actual chocolate. Yeah. So um, most of our chocolate is uh, a blend, right? So it's it's tastes the same each time, yeah? yeah? And the idea is then otherwise the truffles will taste different because chocolate takes on so many smells, Um you know, things like when it's growing, it'll take on uh, the smells of um, uh, plantations, you know, like a banana plantation, it'll take on a banana yeah. smell. If there's smoke around, it'll become smoky. Um, so 
and, and then those are single origin chocolates because they come from particular places. Now, when you're doing truffles, the same truffle day in, day out, I don't want you to come in and have a cappuccino one day and it tastes one way. And then yeah. six months down the road, it suddenly tastes smoky. Yeah. Right. So that's why then to do our uh, truffles, we use what's called a blend. And it's a company that what the chocolate company does is they'll take beans from different parts of the world. Right? Yeah. And then they'll produce that same taste each time. So the chocolate's always the same. But then when we do um, one-offs, you know, like sometimes for Father's Day, we might do a special chocolate, um, like our bacon one, uh, yeah. bacon with whiskey. That's on so, <laughs> That's on your list, is it? <laughs> awesome, yeah. Uh, bacon with Lefroyd whiskey. Then we may use a single origin chocolate with that. So it gives it a special taste because it's just going to be done for that one-off. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how we... But they're all um, ethically sourced, our chocolate is... Um, you know, we don't use anything from anywhere other than that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, this is probably simple stuff for you, but people listening might not understand. But, but So what would be the difference between, say, like milk chocolate, dark chocolate, and then the percentage is just, is that the percent of cocoa? That's yeah. So basically, um, just putting it very, very simply, um, so dark chocolate, 100% dark chocolate is exactly how it grows. So yeah. as soon as um, you separate, take out the bean, obviously there's a process that you have to go through first. But um, as soon as it's shelled, what you're left with then is 100% chocolate. So that's what you call your 100% yeah. dark chocolate. Yeah. Then what you do is to reduce it, um, you either add something to it, so you add sugar to it or something, or some other fats to it, um, or um, you'll take out, say, some of the cocoa butter and then add fat to it. So that'll kind of like start reducing the percentage. Now, when we make milk chocolate, we add milk to it. Yeah. Yeah. Which straight away will reduce the percentage from 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, like here, say if we, you know, add, um, I don't know, uh, 20% sugar or something to the dark chocolate, it'll suddenly become 80% chocolate. Oh, that's how it works. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then with the milk, you're basically adding milk um, to that and you're adding sugar to it usually as well. Um, um, And then when it comes to white chocolate, what you're doing is you take out the cocoa mass, which is like a brown powdery substance that's done chemically. Yeah. Um, And then you're just left with the cocoa butter and the sugar, which is white chocolate. Um, I don't know if you know that they've discovered a fourth chocolate now. It's actually called ruby chocolate. Ruby, I think I've had it. Yeah, in you've had some before, yeah. yeah. Um, one of our truffles, um, the pink gin one, it's actually decorated with the ruby chocolate. Um, that naturally comes in a pink colour. Yeah, it's a bit more sweeter or... Yes, it, it is. Um, it's it's more like the white chocolate than any of the others. I mean, if you're comparing it yeah. to the other three, sort yeah. of thing, uh, th- those three, it's probably more like your white chocolate. Uh, is the quality important to you, the quality of your ingredients to start with? Very important, yeah. Um, yes, absolutely, because if you don't start with good quality ingredients, no matter how good you are, how well you put everything together, it's never going to taste as good, yeah. Um, if we start use, we started using, say, some a lot of our alcoholic chocolates are really popular here. Now, if we started to put some catering alcohol to reduce the price of them, yeah. yes, it would reduce the price, but straight away, I think people would start noticing the difference. Um, they would, you'd get that weird aftertaste. Yeah. And I just wouldn't want to put anything like that here. Yeah. Um, that's why we tend to taste 
we, we taste stuff ourselves, but we also get our customers to taste yeah. our ganaches and stuff. So sometimes, like when we were doing, um, which one was it now? We did uh, gingerbread at Christmas. Nice. So we used to bring it out and get the customers to taste it. And then we'd get some customers that would say, oh, it's really, really gingery. And then some customers would comment as it's very cinnamony. Yeah. And then we kind of found a balance where most of the customers said, oh, that's lovely. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of how it it that's works. Because at the end of the day, we want to produce things that people will enjoy the flavor. Therefore, they won't eat as much. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole idea of making flavoursome and good quality chocolates is you don't eat anywhere near as much as you eat confectionery because confectionery is just full of sugar. And therefore, you just eat loads and loads of that. Um, and your brain signals, I want more, I want more. Yeah. So when people are talking about, oh, I'm addicted to chocolate, they're actually addicted to, to sugar, sugar yeah. not to chocolate. I've because if they were that. eating flavoursome chocolates, like now, you've probably still got a little bit of the taste of the cappuccino in your mouth yeah, because it's real coffee and it kind of like when you're drinking coffee, you have that taste for quite a while. Don't you afterwards? It's the same with the chocolates. So then you would only next time your brain would only crave a cappuccino chocolate, not sugar. Yeah. You know, I've noticed you get one of them tiny little 80% chocolate bars from the supermarket or somewhere. Yeah. And that would be fine. You could eat just that and you wouldn't be able to eat another one. That's right. Whereas if you got a load of, um, Kind of really sweet yeah you could go to town well i could go and to eat them for <laughs> couldn't we all <laughs> and haven't we all <laughs> um tell us about some of your products and maybe your best sellers oh um bestseller i would say at the mo- um our peach bellini is a really good seller um, oh, <laughs> Alex loves that. You can see Alex nod- nodding here. I yeah, it, I didn't say it. I uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, Peach Bellini. Originally, it just started off, um, the first year that we opened, um, we opened in February, and I think in May was Birmingham Pride. Yeah. So we wanted to celebrate Birmingham Pride, and we thought, how can we do that? Um, so I said, well, let's do something sort of fizzy, sparkly. And that's where the Prosecco bit came in. Yeah. And the peach just seemed to go, peach puree seemed to go lovely with that. So then what we did in May was we did it in all different layers. So the inside of the chocolate was in different colours. So what we did was we took each like layer, coloured it with cocoa butter colouring. So it's not artificial colouring yeah. or anything. It was just cocoa butter colouring. And then we made all different colours on the inside. So it looks like the different coloured rainbow, rainbow yeah, effect. And then we um, enrobed that in dark chocolate. Um, so it's only when you bite into it, you can you see, see all the different colours. Um, we thought that was a nice way of celebrating Birmingham Pride. And when we made it, it was just so popular that people wanted it throughout the year. So then the rest of the year, it tastes exactly the same. Um, but it's just made into a round truffle. Yeah. Um, so it's easier to do than the stripes. But then in May, we usually redo the stripes again uh, for Birmingham Pride. So that's probably one of our sort of best sellers in that respect. Um, now that we've got Easter coming up, our best selling Easter egg is our popping candy one. It's the first thing I noticed when I came. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the popping candy. I don't know why, but right from day one, I mean, I think, and that was just almost a game by accident. We brought loads of this popping candy for uh, uh, an event that we were going to do for kids to put inclusions into their bars. Um, And then we had some left over and I was saying, oh, what are we going to do with all this popping candy? And then we thought, oh, 
let's put some in an egg. Um, and when we did that, and then that was when um, Birmingham Mail came round and asked if they could take some photographs of the Easter eggs because yeah. they suddenly heard that we were doing popping candy. And uh, we produced that. And then since then, every year now we get orders for that. Um, and it's a standard <laughs> one that we do. But this year we've done like quite a few inclusion ones. We're doing Rocky Road, which is in a milk chocolate. And then our vegan one is um, the dark chocolate. And it's a fruity one. It's raspberries and coconut inclusion so, on the so inside lovely. of that. Uh, yeah. is, is that a recent thing where you started doing vegan um, chocolates? Or... Yes, yeah. Um, we didn't initially start with vegan. We didn't even think about doing vegan chocolates, to be honest with you. Um, because none of us have got a dairy intolerance. We've never really thought about um, giving dairy up in that way. But it was when a lady came in and she said to us, she said, how come um, vegan chocolates always taste like cardboard? Um, and I thought, oh, cardboard? I said, I don't know. So we actually went out and we tasted like some other brands yeah. of vegan chocolates. And what we noticed was they were very dry. And I think that's what she meant by the cardboard sort of taste. So then we just started off. And I think the first one we did was like a peppermint one. Yeah. Um, and then because we use coconut cream and coconut butter in there, you don't have the dryness because we can use those fresh ingredients. Yeah. So we did the peppermint. So now we've got um, we've got the peppermint one. We've got a coconut and passion fruit. We've got chili and lime. Our um, violet and rose creams are also dairy free. But recently, the nicest dairy free one, well, I think personally, yeah. um, is we did one um, for Whitley's gin, asked us to make a chocolate for them. Yeah. So they brought us this gin um, and it was a raspberry flavoured gin and said, could you make a chocolate out of this for us? And we ended up producing a dark one, which is obviously vegan again. But it tastes awesome. It's really, yeah, really yeah. nice. It's got lovely like raspberry taste to it. It's got a little bit of mandarin taste. And then with the dark chocolate and that beautiful gin, yeah. it just comes together really nice. It sounds brilliant. Um, it, yeah. It's interesting to me because a lot of them chocolates, as you just said, that were vegan are probably some of the ones that I would choose on the list. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you would. And that's why, we, yeah. Vegan, yeah. Well, that's why we don't mark them actually on the counter as vegan. Yeah. Because when people think about vegan chocolates, they think, oh, they're not going to taste as nice. When you just give them the chocolate and say, taste this, they go, oh, my God, that tastes lovely. Yeah. Um, and then you say, oh, by the way, it's vegan. And they're like, oh, really? Um, so, you know, it's, we're, trying, we're doing our best to try and obviously, you know, yeah. uh, produce good quality chocolates for, you know, um, vegan customers as well as, you know, our normal Must be hard. You'll never be able to eat normal chocolate again anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, to be honest with you, I find um, the sugar really off-putting now. Yeah, yeah. So if I try and eat um, a normal chocolate now, I kind of get this like um, almost like gagging reflex. But that's mm. just because of the contents of the sugar, not because the chocolate's really bad or anything. I'm yeah, not yeah. making out that anyone's <laughs> chocolates taste awful yeah, and it understand. makes me feel sick. But um, it's just you know, like when you give up um, sugar in your coffee, yeah, it's that, you and then you suddenly back. drink somebody else's coffee that's yeah. got um, sugar in. You kind of go, oh. You get that sensation. (laughs) You know, and I would never have dreamt of that when we first uh, started making chocolates, that that would be something um, that I would be able to tell the difference between. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You know, I never, ever imagined that. It never occurred to me, to be honest, but no, it makes sense when you say it. Yeah. Because your taste buds do adapt to what you start eating and how you... It's like people that eat very healthy. Yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, I eat tons (laughs) of pizzas and cakes and the rest of it. Um, But people that eat very healthy, they can tell when there's too much sugar too much salt you yeah. know etc in their food and it's exactly the same with chocolate yeah definitely definitely um 
I noticed that you do uh, kids chocolate classes. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do experiences for the children as well. Yeah. What are they like? What, what, what's involved in one of them classes? A lot of noise. Messy. A lot of noise and a lot of mess. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're all really chatty. They're lovely. Um, yeah, we, we really enjoy doing those as well. They um, Again, they learn a bit about chocolate. They get a chocolate tasting. So we teach them the difference between dark milk, white, etc. chocolate. Yeah. Um, they then go on to make a chocolate bar which they put inclusions in and they also make um, a lollipop yeah and then they also get to have um, the chocolate to eat as well at the end of it I bet they love that bit. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. We've done some sort of like birthday ones where um, we'll do some sandwiches as well. So it's more like a birthday party. Yeah. They'll have some sandwiches. They'll have the birthday cake here and stuff like that as well. Um, do you enjoy them classes? They kind of go back to your teaching days? And, yes, yeah. yeah, it does. I think that's probably why I enjoy that so much. Um, it, it's that that feeling that you get when somebody's learnt something that they didn't know about or when they come in and they've had a good experience and they walk yeah. out like they would from your classroom kind of, you know, it's that same feeling that you get here. Yeah. Um, that's why we really enjoy those. And that's really why we want to take this out into the community and maybe teach, you know, um, kids about chocolate. Yeah. Because I think for so many years, we've drummed into children that chocolate is bad for you. Yeah. You know, shouldn't eat chocolate, it's bad for you. Yeah. Don't eat it, you know, or have a tiny, tiny little bit or, you know, of chocolate or whatever. Or, uh, you know, there's a lot of parents that say, I don't allow my children to ever eat chocolate, yeah. which is, you know, entirely up to them. And I have no problem with that. Um, but I think it'd be nice now if we taught everybody a little bit more about chocolate and they understood yeah. the difference between having real chocolate. And then maybe we would have a generation that would grow up eating chocolate sensibly. sensibly yeah, because yeah. you know how we've got this thing about drinking alcohol sensibly now. We yeah. kind of, you know, um, and that's everywhere. Let's do the same with sugar. Let's do the, instead of just saying sugar's bad for you, don't ever have anything that's sweet. Yeah. Let's teach children that you can have very flavorsome chocolates and sweets and things without, you know, having to enjoy so much yeah. sugar all the time and eat smaller quantities. That's it. And it goes you back know? to if you eat real chocolate, then you do yeah. have smaller quantities because it's hard mm. to overeat on real yeah. And chocolate. that's really the way chocolate was meant to be enjoyed, yeah. was a small amount after a meal. Because chocolate contains, because you know it contains cocoa butter, and that's actually an ingredient that fills you up. Yeah. So it's like your good fats. Yeah. yeah? Um, and what you're supposed to do is after a meal, you have that, and therefore then you don't want anything else to eat. Um, it kind of um, suppresses your appetite. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas now we've started to sort of eat very high sugar stuff and then we eat it to replace our meals instead of yeah. having a healthy meal. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of health benefits that have been published in the last few years from yeah. like 80% chocolate and all the real stuff. So mm. there's definitely, a, I think, an advantage in introducing little bits to a child's diet. I mean, I Absolutely, try to with my yeah. daughter, you know. Mm. And, so, and if we teach them how to eat it sensibly from when they're young they'll do that when they grow up yeah. but um you know if we just say no you can't have it then there may be a point where suddenly they go oh well now i'm old enough to make my own decisions so i'm gonna eat lots of it well you we, know there's a, a, we made a, a point danger of what we're saying to my daughter like we never never went to mcdonald's never yeah. made she made a point of making sure she didn't know what mcdonald's was oh really that, <laughs> oh. as soon as she got to the age of like three and a half yeah 
She knew exactly what McDonald's was because she'd heard all the kids, and she, but she wanted it more because she'd never had it. Yeah, yeah. So all her, kids, all her friends at nursery were talking about McDonald's Happy Meal. Oh, and, and she, she was, what's McDonald's? She'd never been, but we drive past and she'd go, McDonald's? Yeah. How do you know about McDonald's? We tried to keep, I think sometimes the more you keep stuff away from kids, the more they kind of want it. So you maybe it's it. a better idea to give them a little, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit and just teach them how to eat just sensibly. Educate them, and, yeah, yeah, educate them. That's, yeah, yeah. So, so kind of the reason we were here today is to talk about, yeah, your GoFundMe campaign. Uh, yes, yeah. Um, so what exactly does that involve? Um, so as I said sort of earlier, um, what we want to do is take this, firstly, we want to take this message out into the community so people know about chocolate, about eating healthy chocolate. Yeah. Um, also now um, for schools, it's actually been added to the curriculum where um, students need to learn a little bit about chocolate. Yeah. So it's not just how chocolate is made. Obviously, they need to know about how it's made, but how it's grown, where it grows. They need to learn a little bit about the ethical side um, yeah. of chocolate, the economic side um, as well. Um, so it's to teach them all about that, really. Um, and I think it'd be great if we could do it um, because we've got uh, some of the equipment already. We have the knowledge. Yeah. We enjoy doing that kind of thing anyway because we enjoy doing the chocolate experiences here. We've had a go, you know, by doing them in store. I think it'd be great for the kids to, you know, have a chance to do that because it's so hard for schools to bring students here yeah um because we've had that a few times where we've um told the school you know like bring them here we'll do the experience here for you because we've got all the equipment here but then what happens is um they have problems with um health and safety all the form filling because you know every time you do a school trip now you've got so many forms to fill in um there's all that involved in it um also for special needs um children they then have to organise the the um, minibuses with yeah. wheelchair access, etc. Um, here it may be difficult for them to get the wheelchairs in, whereas if we go out to the schools, um, they can then take part. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, I think also as well, you, you sit kids down in a classroom and you get a textbook out and start telling them about the origins of cacao and... Cocoa beans. I don't think it's as good as getting the hands dirty. Dirty, yeah. What kind of equipment is it that um, you're actually funding for, and how much is it? Is the amount for? And well, initially, what we thought was if we could even just raise the two thousand pounds. We're yeah. hoping to raise two thousand pounds, and the idea is that we would buy some more, like like cocoa pods, so they could see what the uh, pods look like. Um, get some more beans in, so that they can have a go themselves at shelling the beans. Then they can see the inside of the beans. They can see the, um, you know, what they actually look like. Um, yeah. We'll take some pestle and mortars with us so that they can have a little it's go at it. Kids who've never, who wouldn't associate a cocoa bean with chocolate. No, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you say children, but we have adults here sometimes yeah. when yeah, we do chocolate funny. experiences, and they think um, chocolate comes from Cadbury's. <laughs> you know, that's where it starts from. So, um, you know, it. it there will be kids, yeah. Um, and obviously there'll be kids that have never done anything like that before. Yeah. Um, it's an opportunity for them to have a bit of fun, you know, really enjoy, but at the same time learn what they need to learn. I mean, obviously the teachers can uh, fill in the gaps and if there's anything else that they need to know, they can, you know, do that. Yeah. But, you know, by doing this, we can kind of bring the chocolate to them. Yeah, uh, and they'll remember that as well. Yeah, and then they'll have a bit of a tasting as well. So, you know, you always remember when you've eaten chocolate, you know, so... <laughs> Hopefully I think be... you remember as well when you have a good experience at school, yeah. like you'll you run home and 
tell your tell your parents, parents this is what we were doing today. and then maybe that will educate the parents yeah you know? yeah the students go home and say look this is what i've learned about chocolate it's not really all bad for you mom you know or dad or you know maybe that will sort of filter through the community so uh, as well as um helping like a, i'll start that again <laughs> yeah. as well as helping this such a great kind of um cause and concept people who donate actually get some kind of rewards yes they do yeah um so basically we've got different rewards so we've got like a boxes of chocolates depending on how much you donate so you get starting from box of four upwards um there's also a hamper we do um you may get like a free hamper um there is a vip card so you get to taste our chocolates when we first introduce them yeah uh that, and it also includes a, a discount as well. So in future, when you buy chocolates from here, you will get a discount with that card as well. So it's just gifts like that, really, just to say a little, it's just a little something to say thank you for, um, you know, donating. Yeah, it's a bonus. I mean, you're already doing something good anyway. You know, so. <laughs> Obviously, I'll put the links to where people can donate and the link to the GoFundMe page and all your social media on the show notes. Yeah. So if you just go to the GoFundMe page, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's on our Twitter, it's on our Facebook as well, and on Instagram, um, where people can donate. And if they're not sure, just give me a quick call and we can direct you and explain what you need to do. Or pop in. Or pop, <laughs> better in. still, pop in <laughs> and have a taste, taste of some chocolate. chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> even better. Yeah, yeah that's about right. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably yeah. that's good. Yeah. Thank you very yeah. much. Thanks very much for that, Melinda. Oh, it's thank you brilliant. so much. It's been lovely speaking to you thank today. You. Nice to meet you. Yeah. well that's that thank you all for listening please remember to subscribe rate and review our podcast this really does help us yeah it really does even if you could just help by recommending us to a friend or a family member helps to get our name out there if you haven't yet seen our blog go check it out it's where you can find all our show notes restaurant reviews and other food ramblings the website is www.breakingbreadpodcastuk.com also go check out our social media our insta is full of pics of food also feel free to leave comments we love hearing from you all the links to our social media and our guest social media can be found in our show notes thanks Thanks again for listening until Until next time take care